communications is evolving faster than ever before. And new technologies like 5G will need a creative infrastructure solution. From rooftops to billboards, these assets will provide what it will take to get to the next generation of technology. On this episode, we are gonna hear from Rich Stern, SVP at Vertical Bridge, one of the largest private owner and managers of communications infrastructure in the US. I'm your host, Lori Caruso, and welcome to Connected with Lori. Hello, Rich, how are you? Welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Looking forward to it. I'm so excited to hear all about Vertical Bridge and what you guys are doing today. Well, we're often anxious to talk about what we're doing. We're excited about our space. We're excited about what we do. And we think we have a good spot in the marketplace. So we're, we're looking forward to telling people about it. Absolutely. So why don't you kick us off? Tell us a little bit about Vertical Bridge, what you guys are doing, where your future's going. Let's start, start talking about Vertical Bridge and what you are. So Vertical Bridge is the largest privately owned wireless infrastructure player in the space today. Um, we like to say that we're permanent, we're at scale, and we're private, which are, big, which are things that we're very proud of because we think it adds a lot to the value of the company and what we can do for our customers. Um, being private allows us to be flexible, allows us to be entrepreneurial. We're not hamstrung by some of the rules and requirements for public companies. Being at scale means that we're large enough to be meaningful. The carriers do relate to us because of our, the number of towers we have the number of third-party managed sites that we manage. So that's good at permanent, meaning that we have a lot of permanent financing. So we don't have to worry about where our next dollar is coming from. We're, we're adequately capitalized to do all the things we want to do. And it's not a problem for us to respond to things that we see in the marketplace. So I think those things make us unique in the space, make us unique in the industry, and give us a little bit of an advantage over our competitors. Absolutely. So typically in the space, you know, we think about an asset, a communication asset, we think about a tower, right? I know that, I mean, it's interesting to see how creative we can get these days and how creative we have to get these days in order to put an asset or to put infrastructure on an asset. And I'm curious, what are some of the other assets that you guys own besides towers? So, you know, it's funny, um, Vertical Bridge is a company that was started by guys who I started with 25 years ago in the business at a company called Apex Site Management. And we were rooftop managers. And that was our, that was our little niche play. While people were going around building towers, we took the approach of it's a good thing to manage the rooftops from large real estate owners. And that's how I grew up in the business. And that's how the guys who started Vertical Bridge originally started the business. Now they went on, Alex Gelman and then Mark Ganzi, who was at Digital Colony, you know, they went on to create fabulous um, assets, both towers, and then Mark, obviously, with Digital Colony. But um, I've, you know, we've stayed pretty true to the fact that part of the business is important to manage third-party owned assets, because you can't always get a tower zoned. You can't always build a tower in certain places. And sometimes carriers need to be places where it's hard to get something for them to put their antennas on. So there's a ton of real estate out there. There's a, a whole bunch of things that uh, real estate owners can offer the carriers from varying types of properties. And there's also billboards and utility uh, infrastructure, utilities own towers and own light poles and things like that. And we manage sites for those guys as well. So we have a pretty wide variety of third-party owned assets that we can offer to the carriers for them to place the antennas. And the, the real nice thing today is, you know, when I started in the business 350,000 years ago, um, they had, it was, really, it was really important to make sure that the site you wanted to put a, an antenna site on was a certain height, it had to be 60 feet to 150 feet. 
It had to be, you know, in an area where there's very few other things around it. So it radiated the, the RF over the a broad area and a, and a wide, uh, wide swath of uh, real estate. Today, the carriers are much more tactical about what they need to be and, and need to have things at various elevations, depending upon the spectrum they're using, depending upon the services they want to provide. So the nice thing is today we can offer opportunities for real estate owners, single story retail places, billboards, like I said, utility single, you know, low utility poles. Everything doesn't have to be 60 to 150 feet in the air. We can do things at various heights and it's a much broader opportunity set for carriers to, to think about and for us to offer the real estate owners. So it's good. Wow, Rich, you've been in the industry that long? Yes, I've been in the industry since the day. I've been in the industry before the turn of the, before 2000 came aboard. The grandfather. So, exactly, so, so I've been a long time. I'm not gonna say that I've been in the industry that long, but close to it, Right. close to it. But, you know, backing up with the towers, you know, when I worked for the carriers, you know, and even like in rural markets, we would have to, you know, do our site act. We'd have to go, um, you know, try to go to a town meeting, a town hall meeting. We had so much due diligence to try to be able to get this in, the structure up. And it always ended up failing because people didn't want to see a cell phone tower, but then they'd complain all the time because they didn't have cell phone coverage. So that's why I find it so unique when you can get creative, if you did something on a rooftop or a billboard or something else. But tell me a little bit more, you know, how is it easier? I'm assuming it must be. Is it easier to put infrastructure on a building? Well, in some ways, yes. And in some ways, no. So, you know, the NIMBY issues that we're faced with with towers, you know, the not in my backyard stuff that, you know, the tower industry has been faced with almost since its inception. Yeah. Um, you know, the building's already there. So, you know, and the antennas are a little less um, obvious on a, on a rooftop than they would be when you stick a new uh, cell phone tower in the middle of somebody's, you know, residential area or things like that, that they haven't seen anything like it before. So the NIMBY issues are still not quite as bad, but you have some structural issues with, with a rooftop and you have owner issues with a rooftop that are not necessarily, you know, a tower is built for the purpose of putting antennas on it. You know, a building is not necessarily built for the purpose of putting antennas on it. And when you, you know, you sign up a real estate owner and say, you know, we'd love to market your sites to the carriers and we'd love to bring you a possibility of getting this ancillary revenue on your buildings. Everybody's all excited about it on day one, but sometimes, you know, building owners lose interest, they lose focus. The cycle time sometimes can take a little longer than you'd want them to. Sometimes building owners are not necessarily as reactive as you'd hope they'd be. So there may be some challenges in getting the rooftop installation up that you didn't quite anticipate on day one. And basically that's Quite frankly, that's how we earn our living. We earn our living is keeping that that interest, that pressure, that uh, that opportunity in front of the real estate owners to make sure that they continue to be interested and excited about this opportunity. Because ultimately, we want to try to service the carriers, you know, the carrier industry, because they're the ones who pay the bills and they're the ones who pay the rent. So while we still watch out for the building and look out for the building and have a have an interest in maintaining our relationship with the real estate owner and maintaining and ensuring that the building is not jeopardized at all by having a carrier installation on it. We also have to fulfill the carrier's needs and make sure we're being good um, servants to the carrier's needs because they're our customers as well. And they're the ones we wanna make sure that they can get their networks built out on time and get their, they get their timelines met. And we have to make sure we fulfill that obligation in the, in the dynamic well. And that's kind of frankly how we make our money by, by walking that fine line, by making sure we're serving both masters well, by making sure we're providing a good solution for this problem and making sure the carriers can get their, their networks on air at the time and facing the challenges that are sometimes with a building that are not necessarily with a tower. Right, wow. So, you know, also too, we were talking about rooftop. 
I'm curious. I mean, you're in a city, let's say, and you have 50 buildings, very similar in size, scope, nature. How do you look at this and say, from a strategic perspective, where do you go? What building do you, you actually climb on to, to be able to put your infrastructure? What's your start in a game plan there? So our approach has always been, we don't differentiate building to building. We try to get as many buildings under our management agreements as possible to offer a wider, as wide a variety to the carriers as possible, because ultimately they make the decision on where they need to go. RF propagation, what their needs of their, of their network is, who are they trying to serve, what's the, what's the congestion issues that may be causing them to have to put a site at a particular location. All of those things are really the carrier determines where they want to go. Our goal is to try to give them as wide a variety of things as possible and make it easy as possible. We also don't differentiate amongst our real estate owners. Even if we have two competing buildings that both that a carrier may want to go to, they're both on the table to, to be available for the carrier to go to. And we tell the carrier, pick the one that works best for you. And if they happen to be absolutely down the middle equal, really then it's the building owner who's more responsive, um, who, acts more, who acts quickly, who puts less impediments on getting the deal done is the one who's going to win the deal. Um, that's the one who's going to end up getting the side on the building. I mean, that very rarely happens when you're sitting there with a jump ball between two equally situated buildings. I mean, that very rarely if ever happens, but if it were to happen, I think our approach would be, look, whoever's the easiest building owner to work with, whoever's the one who makes the, the deal happen quickest is the one who's going to get the deal. Well, I mean, it makes sense, right? You don't want to deal with somebody who's going to put all sorts of, you know, plans together and have to charge more. And, you know, there's just so much. You can't go on roof during this hour to this hour, you know, or at roof access might not be or will be limited. Yeah, I'm sure it's really difficult having to deal with so many business owners. It's Well, the, the access issues are always one of the big gating factors. You know, relocation and, and, and repairs of rooftops. I mean, you know, every owner has got those issues and we address those issues in our documents. But still, I mean, you know, there are some owners who, you know, Make it more make it obvious that their plans are to be more aggressive in that field than other owners, and those are things that affect the carriers. You know how the length of the term of the deal. I mean, the carriers obviously want to be there. It's a network element. They have longevity issues. They want to make sure they're there. If, if owners get concerned about that, if owners are demanding termination rights or things like that, you know, different owners have different you know different owners have different concerns. And like like anything else, it's a, you know, everybody's on a spectrum. Some owners are on the spectrum of they want these deals and they view this income as very important to them. Other owners are at the other end of the spectrum and they say, you know, this, this income is nice, but I'm not going to do anything to jeopardize the core value of my real estate. And if anything comes up on this, in this deal that's going to impact that, I'm going to you know, contractually protect myself against that. And then when the carriers see that, they'll say, you know, this building may not be for me. And that's fine. I mean, those, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. You know, back in the day when we were, what, 300 and five years ago when we first started in the industry. Yeah, exactly. we had those cell towers and we might've had one cell tower in one county, you know, spread out, obviously it's changed. But now that we're growing into the 5G, 6G technologies, we have to have the infrastructure closer together in order for it to work the way we need it to. A lot, di lot different these days. Do you find that, um, you know, from what the carriers are looking for that you're able to maintain and keep up with what they're trying to achieve with density density and growing their specter they're growing their frequencies out there so that gets to that gets to the point i was you know talking a little bit about earlier which is it's this is really the the ability for real estate owners to play in the ancillary income telecom infrastructure space 
has broadened dramatically because historically, as you pointed out, carriers are looking for one boomer site or one you know, coverage site in a particular geographic area. And you know, whether it would cover a half a mile or a mile or three, you know, three, whatever it was, it was a big site that was just gonna boom out RF and, and provide voice and simple data coverage for that, for that area. As the, as the services on the wireless networks have expanded so dramatically and as the, as the data needs have expanded so dramatically, and as you point out, the densification requirements have been so dramatically increased. Now, single story retail stuff, convenience stores, quick serve restaurants, um, you know, billboards, all those kinds of app locations along with street, street furniture or, or uh, utility poles or street lights or things like that are now all in play. These are all places where the carriers can now look to hang an antenna off of. And they, you know, they no longer need what I refer to as a blocking sled kind of installation, which is, you know, three or four panel antennas, you know, um, perpendicular to this to the roof. Now they need one radiating omni every, you know, sixteenth of a mile or eighth of a mile. And you know, the nice thing is we can we we have enough real estate now under under management that we can offer them solutions that could provide that. We have, you know, we have 20,000 convenience stores that we can offer them. We have, uh, we have hundreds of thousands of billboards that we can offer them or thousands of billboards we can offer them. So it's, I mean, we have really have a lot of stuff that's out there that we can say, look, if you need to densify your network and you're having a problem with a municipality and necessarily using their infrastructure and you want to look for alternatives, come to Vertical Bridge. We have a plenty of stuff that you can look at that could solve your needs and solve your, and be a solution for you and even provide you a beachhead in a particular municipality that if you, you know, if it takes you nine months to do a deal with the municipality to get on their infrastructure, come place a beachhead at the convenience store. You know, the nice thing about convenience stores is those guys have done all the work in finding where the people want to go. They've done all the demographic analysis and all the studies that say, you know, this is the right street corner where hundreds of thousands of people come by every day. They've done all that work for you. You don't have to worry about, am I in the right spot or am I, you know, am I where the people are? They've done that for you. So just, Go to the store and use it because that's where the stuff. That's where the people are, and they and they're drawn to that that store. So you know it, and that's what you know. That's the benefit of using those kinds of that kind of real estate. Absolutely, there's no question. I think I saw last I looked, three hundred and seven thousand assets that you currently own, operate, manage, operate, manage. Correct. It's a big number, and it's and it grows every day, and we're we're proud of that. I mean, look. I'm a recent addition to Vertical Bridge, having having been part of an acquisition where I came on board. Um, but like I said, I've been in this industry for a while, and the Vertical Bridge guys—they were the ones who brought me from being a regular real estate guy into being a telecom real estate guy. Those are the guys who brought me into this industry. So I've been in the space for a while, and those guys have built a fabulous business with a tremendous opportunity for for the carriers to get there, get on places where they otherwise would have to. You know, it's a lot of blocking and tackling for them to introduce this concept to a real estate owner. If a real estate owner doesn't know about it, there's a lot of, there's a lot of work to get, you know, to get a document together, to get a, to get a process together. We've shortcut that whole thing for them. And it's all, you know, all the documents are together. We have documents with all the carriers, we have documents with the real estate owners. We mesh those together nicely. So the process is very easy and very, very fluid and very quick for them to get on the sites. If they had to start it from square one, you know, I was a real estate lawyer before I got into this business. I knew that if I was working on a 60,000 square foot office lease or a $1,500 rooftop installation, I knew where my focus was going and I knew where I was paying my attention. I was not paying attention to the $1,500 a month rooftop lease. I was worried about the 60,000 square foot office lease. So you know, that's, what, that's, that's what our business is predicated on. 
on the concept that this is not the real estate owner's core business. We've taken all the headaches out of this. We've taken all the process issues out of this. That's what we do. And that's why we, that's why we exist and why we exist well in the space. And that's the real value add that we provide for real estate owners and for the carriers also, because the carriers makes their life easier too, because they don't want to deal with real estate owners. It's hard. It is hard. And with the growth that we need to see in this in this segment, we have to get it right. And we have to have these smooth processes. So mm-hmm. I thank you for that because it's important. Carriers need to have that. They have to mm-hmm. expand and grow so quickly. So I appreciate that. And I want to hear a little bit more about that. And we have a whole bunch of other things that we want to get into as well. But we're going to take a short break. We'll okay. be right back after sure. these messages. Vertical Bridge REIT LLC is the largest private owner and operator of communications infrastructure with locations in the United States. The company owns, operates, and master leases over 307,000 tower, rooftop, billboard, utility attachment, convenience stores, and other site locations in support of wireless network deployments. Based in Boca Raton, Florida, Vertical Bridge was founded in 2014. The senior management team at Vertical Bridge has over 300 years of collective experience in tower infrastructure and related sectors. For more information, please visit www.verticalbridge.com. Welcome back to Connected with Lori Rich Stern, SVP at Vertical Bridge. I'm so excited to have you on the show. We were just talking a little bit about, you know, the assets that you guys manage and operate. Uh, Rooftop specifically, you have so many other things that you're doing and you're doing so much work with the carriers from a process perspective so they can deliver their technology to us cell phone users and whatever else is out there. So, you know, I'm curious, we're talking heavily real estate. What other verticals, what other features are you guys offering at Vertical Bridge? I'm curious what else you're doing out there. So, you know, we view ourselves as a, a real estate development company for telecom. So that's kind of, you know, in broad strokes, that's kind of how we look at ourselves. So anything that has to do with helping to develop a telecom site at a, at a real estate location, we think we're, we, we're a a particular expertise in that and a particular ability to deliver on that. And let me let me go into a little more detail on what I mean by that. So for example, as part of the digital colony family of companies, we are we have relationships with edge data center companies. So these guys put shelters at real estate to bring their edge data center to the to the real estate. And you know if the real estate qualifies, if it's along the fiber line, if it's at the place where they need the edge system based on based on the, the needs of the various tenants who will be in that edge data center. If it's the appropriate place for it, we view ourselves as having an ability to deliver that to a real estate owner. So if you're an industrial park and you have an extra excess land near there, or even a retail shopping center with excess land, you know, office building probably a little tight, so it's probably hard to do, but still anything with excess land that happens to be along the right fiber routes and along having access to power nearby and being in a place where an edge data center is appropriate, we can bring that shelter to that piece of real estate and offer that real estate owner additional revenue by having that shelter be a tenant at the property. So it's an ancillary revenue opportunity for the real estate owner. It's a way to help deliver telecom services to the environment where that piece of real estate is. And it's a way for us to show our skills and our chops in developing telecom infrastructure at a piece of real estate. Similarly, um, what we're starting to do now and we're getting involved in now is the in-building space. You know, I, I grew up after Apex got sold to Spectrosite in 2000, we were at the forefront of starting 
the in-building space at Spectrosite, having built all the casinos and shopping malls and around the United States. We put in-building systems in, in all the casinos in Las Vegas. We put in-building systems in all the shopping malls in, throughout the United States. And that was a group that I was particularly proud of and particularly you know, hands-on and very active in, and that's in that area of the Spectrosite business. Well, we're now starting to, we have Spectrus, I mean, uh, Vertical Bridge has now made an investment in the company and we're starting to roll out our ability to provide in-building services for, for real estate owners. So today, if a real estate owner has a need for an in-building system to help uh, enhance the coverage inside that building, we have a solution for them that we can provide that we think is elegant, that we think is affordable, that we think has some, some uh, characteristics that separate us from the rest of the industry that we'll talk about more in the future. I mean, we're, we're trying to you know, keep this a little bit under wraps, but, we're, but we just wanna make sure our real estate owners know that we have a, a way to provide in-building solutions for the real estate owners that we work with to make sure that they can get uh, coverage in the building. And as, as everybody knows, the real sort of um, holy grail for in-building solutions has been those small, medium-sized office buildings, you know, those 200,000 to 500,000 square foot office buildings and those medium-sized hotels, those are the ones that really have been to, heretofore difficult to get covered because of cost issues, because carrier buy-in issues. It's been hard to really get those places covered. We think our solution solves a lot of those problems. We think it's affordable. We think it's, 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 a, it's at a price point that people can do that. So the building owner can still afford to pay for it and not have to feel like he's spending money on something that's not really benefiting him. We think it solves the problem. We don't necessarily need carrier buy-in immediately. So we think we have ways to get the signal source in the building early on. So we, we're really excited about what we can offer and what we can provide. And we think it's a really good way to solve and crack the code on a difficult vertical area of the real estate market that's been hard to get, get stuff covered by. Well, exciting. And yeah, there's no question. I mean, we've been hearing about that, that niche market for a long time. And, you know, it's not something that the carriers want to invest in to, you know, say, we're going to buy your infrastructure and build it for you. Uh, they don't fit that model. They do, however, fit the model that their cell phone service doesn't work in the building and they still need to get their solution installed because there's a pain point there. So it's always been something that everybody's been trying to focus on. I'm so glad to hear that, you know, somebody's looking to fix that. That issue. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that one of the gating issues in that whole space has always been is that there's not been a lot of voice from the tenant world that's made the landlords uncomfortable that their buildings don't have good coverage. I mean, everybody knows that a lot of buildings don't have good coverage. And everybody points to the fact that whether it be the buildings in an area where it's hard to get coverage based on the topography of the real estate, it's in a valley, it's on a hill, it doesn't get, it's not being hit by the conventional macro sites or because of the environmentally um, uh, improved infrastructure that they use to make buildings. So the glass doesn't have RF penetration. You know, the, the buildings are just hard to get RF into. Because of those issues, you know, the buildings don't have good coverage, but yet the tenants don't seem to be making a lot of noise to their landlord that if I don't have good coverage, I'm not gonna rent in your building. You hear the occasional story from a landlord that tells you that, you hear the occasional story that, but, but you don't hear it. It's not, it's not a universal sort of um, chorus from all these tenants that says, I'm not leasing unless I get good coverage. People seem, to still, people seem to still have a tolerance for just living with bad coverage at times inside their real estate. My hope is, and, and I think everybody's hope is, is that you know, if the tenants start really demanding this more, 
and they really get on the landlords about this stuff, then maybe the landlords will be more receptive to start investing a little more money into building out the building. There are some very forward-thinking landlords that are not waiting for tenants to complain. They feel it's a way to attract tenants. And I applaud those guys. I think it's great that they're thinking that way. And I think it's great that they're having that, that sort of um, forward-thinking approach to this whole problem and saying, I want my building to be state-of-the-art. I want my building to be, have all these services. I want to be able to tell my prospective tenants when they come to a building that my building has pristine coverage along all the licensed carriers, as well as everything else that I can you know, bring in. CBRS now coming into the marketplace. We can have a CBRS system if you want one. You know, we can do all, you know, I have a system in the building that will provide you the ability to deliver all that stuff. Having said that, I'm not sure yet we're at a point where the landlords are, are universally having to hear that from their tenants and the landlords are universally clamoring. Occasionally there are, but landlords are not universally clamoring in building systems and buildings. We all, we all hope and expect that one day that will be the case because as everyone knows, nobody picks up a desktop anymore. Everybody's using their cell phone. Everybody, so. Desktop? What's that? Yeah, exactly. And in hotels, I mean, you know, that, that phone might as well be a paperweight. There's no reason to that phone. Into, in I was just at a hotel the other day and I literally picked it up and I'm trying, I'm like, how does this work? I forget. It's, it's, you know, talk about things you don't need anymore. That's one of them. Right. Exactly. There's no question. You know, and you bring up a good point too. Well, you know, we just went through, or we're still going through a pandemic, right? You know, all of these tenants, they're working from home now. Now we're trying to get them back into the space. And what a better time now, but to get infrastructure in the building. So when, you know, the, those customers, those tenants or employees go back into that building, their, their, their technology is working. They're going to want that now, right? Because it's working at home. Well, you know, I think a working, I mean, we, infrastructure needs to improve everywhere because for those of, for those companies that are using the pandemic as the stepping stone to being, to allowing their, their employees to be more remote, um, we still need improved infrastructure to make sure that people's remote working habits and working environments replicate what you can do in an office environment. So you need to make sure that you have exactly the same kind of service and, and provision of services. So the, the expectation is that the carriers and everybody else will continue to expand because you know that the demand will be there for that. Alternatively, companies like us who are of the view that we need the office environment because that's how, that's how we survive and that's how we separate ourselves from our competitors because the collaboration, the, the energy, the excitement of being in our office is something we value greatly and we ex, you know, hope and expect and we'll, we'll, we'll see all our employees returning shortly to our employees. But we still need to make sure our office you know, works as well as it should. You know, the, the, the interesting thing and the thing that we talked about is the pandemic happened in March of 2020. So it's been over a year since we've all in the office and nothing's really happened in the office as far as improvements, enhancements, service upgrades, anything like that. And now we're all, you know, who knows what we're going to need when we get back there to do the jobs that we, you know, want to do. You know, there may be things that we want to do that the office may not have been set to do it in March 2020 that we naturally would have seen improvements in those over the course of the last 15 months to be able to get us to where we want to be today. And now we're like kind of jumping in kind of like Rip Van Winkle after, <laughs> after having been asleep for a while. Right. And we want the office to be what we want it to be now because we're ready we're all chomping at the bit to jump at this thing and go 100,000 miles an hour and get back to where we were back then. And we, you know, we, we hope that the facilities and the infrastructure is there to do that. And we're going to be quickly doing things. I mean, we're, we're, you know, we're doing 
we are we are doing things in our office. We're building out a building system in our space. We're doing things in our space to improve our services. And I respect other people who want to do the same thing. Absolutely. So speaking of the pandemic, I'm curious too, you know, has that put a challenge on uh, vertical bridge with your growth and your strategy? You know, has anything disrupted that based so, on this pandemic? So, I mean, again, I, I've only been at vertical bridge for the last third of the pandemic. I was at another company that got acquired by vertical bridge That's for the right. prior time during the pandemic. But I will tell you, first of all, being in our industry, we're fortunate. Our industry has been one that I don't think has been hit too hard by the pandemic. The wireless infrastructure business, I mean, the carriers are still building networks. I mean, you know, they're still building out their sites. They're still building out what they want to do. They're still, they're still growing. They're still doing what they need to do. We're still there. We're still building towers. We're still putting stuff on rooftops. We're still doing all those things. So we've been fortunate. We're in a business. We're in an industry. We're not a restaurant. We're not, you know, we're not a hotel. We're not an airline. We haven't been impacted dramatically by the pandemic which is every day not good about that. Yes. And, you know, thankfully things like teams and all that other stuff has allowed us to stay relatively connected. Not, it's not the, where we want it to be. You know, we, we as a, you know, the management team, the management of our company, Alex Gelman has always, you know, maintains that, that our business is predicated and vertical bridges business is predicated on the collaboration, the energy, the excitement, the, 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 the strategic thinking, the entrepreneurship, all those things that come out of being in the office together. And we're very excited to get back to our office soon and be able to, to take advantage of that and do those things because we think it's important for our business and we think it's important for our company and for our company to compete. It's very important for us. So we're, and I, I as a guy who's moving to the, to the office in Florida, I'm very excited to get there. Yes. So I can't wait to be there and be there on a daily basis and take advantage of all those things that I look forward to. So I'm very excited. That, so, you know, the pandemic has, kept us in a steady state of okayness, if that's mm -hmm. a word. We haven't, we, we haven't excelled. We haven't leapt to the heights that we hope to get to. Um, but I think we've maintained a, a nice steady course because our industry has been good and we have the facilities and the, and the tools to make us at least perform our jobs on a daily basis where we're performing okay. But again, once this pandemic is, is starts to, you know, continues to um, resolve itself and people, you know, get, put themselves in a position to feel more comfortable being around each other. We're very excited to get back into our office and be able to, to go back and, and attack this thing at a thousand miles an hour, which is what we're, which is the way the business is predicated. I love it. Attack it. Do it. Oh my gosh. That's just, I want to get to an office right now just because yeah. of that prep talk. I think it's fantastic. So, and talk about new heights, Rich Stern. I am curious. My last question for you. Okay. So what does the future look like for us in technology? Where do you see it going? How's the vertical bridge going to get us there? Well, um, look, I think the, the industry is such that it's, it's changed so dramatically in the time I've been doing it. You know, we went from, oh, my God, now we can talk on phones and, and not have to necessarily be tethered to a wall somewhere. Right. So suddenly we could talk in our cars, but we still had to have this big device that was in the car with the antenna sitting off the back of the car. Yeah, now, right. I, I mean, if you remember those things, and now we're, now we're in a place now where we can watch a movie sitting at an airport, you know, in a, in, a waiting, in a waiting room somewhere, we can watch an entire movie or a football game or something like that, which is unbelievable. So I think, you know, everybody talks about the next wave. And I think I've, I am very bullish on what the opportunities are for us. You know, the Internet of Things, the ability to have all those devices that were, you know, speaking to one another, driverless cars, you know, the world of the Jetsons. 
that everybody anticipates having to be, you know, being able to you know, flying cars. I mean, look, it's all going to come at some point. I hope to be alive to see it. I hope to be around to enjoy it. But, and all that's going to be predicated or, or conditioned on or need as part of that wireless services. And we as a company who helps place antennas to make those wireless services work, I couldn't be more bullish about what our business is because I think that's where, that's where we're going and that's what we need. So I'm excited to be part of this industry. I've always loved being a part of this industry. Um, I think it's, it's been something that's been, it's been good for me, you know, intellectually, stimulation-wise, challenging. Um, it's been fun. I've always enjoyed the people I've worked with. These guys, are, the people I've worked with, the men and women are friends of mine. They're people I enjoy spending time with. So it's been, it's been a really, it's been a good spot. And I think it's going to continue to grow and continue to mature and continue to be, to be a, a really good spot. I, I believe in the people who are, who are at the top of this business in the industry. I believe the people at the top of my company. And, you know, I think it's, it's, it's in my view, all positive and all, and all heading in a, in a good direction. So. I could not, oh my gosh, you just hit it. This industry is incredible. I've been doing this a long time too, I've got to say, as you have, not that long as you have, but, but yeah, I, I can't say it enough. I mean, where we're going, what we're doing, I'm so passionate about it just to see it. I mean, I can't wait till the hologram comes in. I mean, we're talking about holograms and what else is to be offered with this technology of sorts that we're getting to in the future. Very exciting stuff. Rich Stern, Vertical Bridge. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Sounds great. We'll see you soon. Take care. Interested in being part of our show or advertising on our podcast? Contact us at info at fifthgenmedia.com for more information. We'd love to be a part of your success.